Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to another episode of Benny Sources, episode four. I am your host, Benny. Um, I have a great show for you today. I think it's going to be a lot of controversy after I finish saying some things. But uh, welcome to Black History Month. This is the first episode. <clears throat> um, and today we are going to be talking about Boondocks, season one, episode nine. And the title of that episode is called Return of the King. Um, before we get into today's episode, I want to talk about a couple finales, well, a finale and the premiere, and a couple things that are going to be coming up uh, television-wise. So today is Sunday, and if you haven't watched Power Book 2 Ghost yet, um, I suggest you go ahead and fast-forward this for a couple minutes. Um because I'm going to discuss a couple things. And one of the main things that I'm going to talk about is, first off, how everyone liked the finale. Was it good? Did it live up to your expectations? You know, it's just a couple things that I want to discuss before we even um, get into the, today's episode. I'm going to start off with Ezekiel Cross. I know we 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 talked about him for the, basically a lot this season about the 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 dumb shit that he did and the dumb things that he was doing and me I feel like they killed his character before they killed his character before they shot him. Um I don't know if it was done intentionally because they knew they were going to kill him at the end or if it was because of the backlash that he was receiving from everyone on social media about his character you know it started off with with him doing the 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 dumb faces at the police station in front of the in the car with monet and then it went to the next stuff with the the, the hair color you know it was just a lot of things that he was doing this season that you know was kind of bringing attention and you know um extra attention to his character which could have been the plan all along. Um, we don't know. But, you know, in this last episode, you just had a feeling that he was going to die. You didn't know when or who was going to do it, but you had a feeling that he was going to get shot, die, basically. Um, didn't know how he was going to die. Basically, you could, you know, it was a lot of things leading up to him um, dying, basically, with him going to the police, asking you know, asking questions about uh, Professor Milgram. And then with him um, going back to the police after the detective calls him and tells him, you know, we want to talk to you about something. And he ends up showing him pictures of Monet in that area or within the radius of uh, Professor Milgram's house. And then he sits up there and lies and says that uh, she was coming to get me because I was around the, I was around that area, you know, it was, it was a lot of things, you know, and then all the stuff with his dad, you know, what we just found out was his dad anyway, you know, it was a lot of things that, that he did that, you know, he, he had to die. It was just a matter of time when, but in all honestly, his character was killed already. Um, one of the next things I want to talk about is, um, Mecca, aka Dante, you know, 
when we first was introduced to him in this season, you kind of had a feeling that, honestly, I had a feeling that he would be around for a while. Um, And I honestly thought he would be around longer than Lorenzo would, I guess just off of the fact because of how um, Lorenzo got out and was, was making moves. But it come to fruition that, Mecca is uh, CIA. Um, we didn't figure that out till the episode nine. You know, um, one of the things that I was was telling somebody was that he don't have to die. You know, you could have you could have wrote his story in a totally different language, and then you see all the the the, the things on social media about um him possibly being Ghost's brother and this and that, like, fuck out of here with that shit. <laughs> you know, they just, people just taking shots in the dark and hoping to be the f- first one to say, I told you so, this and that. But with Mechadon, I felt like they didn't have to kill his character. Yeah, he had to die, but he didn't, if that makes sense. You know, I, and I say that because with with him, with him being alive, you could have kept him as an inside. You could have had him go back in, report the duty, come back and say, um, do the same thing with Monet and end up taking her down or whatever, you know, or just taking Lorenzo down. You know, you could have spun it that way as well because his character was, you know, it, it was important, but it wasn't. He wasn't important. You know, he could have took Lorenzo down for being the kingpin of the Tejada uh, family or whatever, you know, um, I don't know how much longer Lorenzo going to be alive after what we've seen on this last episode, but I just know that he, um, I can see his life being cut short on next season or Diana. And I say Diana because yeah, it was messy, but she gave away some, some information that she shouldn't have been given away when she's basically the reason, you know, Zeke got killed. If she wouldn't have told her her dad, her pops about all the shit that that she seen on that paper, you know, she he could have still been alive, you know. Um, but overall, it was a good episode. Um, one of the things that I that I do feel is is that they're doing every season is keeping Tariq in the in in the in the spotlight of um, being incarcerated. I don't know why they're doing that, um, but they did it again on the end of this episode. They left him. They left us with questions with um, the detective lady who we seen at the beginning of the of this um, series come back, and now she got her eye on Tariq again. You know, that was one of the, the, the circles. You know, it's always coming back to Tariq. The gun is always coming back to Tariq. So um, it should be interesting season three. Um, another show that I want to talk briefly about, uh, we don't know too much about it, but we have a power book um, for Forrest with Tommy. And this is basically from the first episode. He's basically, he was supposed to have been going to Cali to meet up with, you know, um, the other connect and do his, start his business all over again. And this time it seemed like he's going to be staying in Chicago 
and doing his own thing and come to find out he has a brother that that nobody knew about which is kind of weird um but they have the same mom different dads and he's in chicago visiting his grandmother which is his mom's mom and that's how they meet basically at the nursing home that his their his grandmother's at um you also have a they're introducing you know um quite a bit new characters and i do think that it's going to take a long time for people to 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 gravitate to the show just because they are introducing new characters but it's going to take people a while to to kind of gravitate to this show i don't know how patient how patient stars is going to be but i don't know if it's going to do good just because you know tommy and 50 but i know it's going to you know it's going to take it's going to take a while for them to develop these characters. One of the things why uh, Power Book 2 Ghosts took off so good was because we was already invested in Tariq. We was already, you know, wanting him to die. We was invested in, in him. And once we found out that Mary J. Blige and then you have um, Wood, Wood, Wood Harrison in there, you know, it was just like, eh, we already invested in those characters. We, we know those actors already. So it was easy for us to adjust to, to power book two with Tommy. We only know Tommy, a couple characters on there, you know, from other things, but you know, it's going to, it's going to be kind of hard for people to adjust to it right off the top. Anyway, not saying people won't adjust. It's just going to be kind of hard. They just got to, you know, stick to their guns and, um, let it, let it play out. Um, but so far that was a good episode. I I wasn't expecting too much anyway, because the first episode with them is never, um, a lot. Um, off the power series, I want to go ahead and remind everybody that February, what is it? 23rd, February 23rd, snowfall season five comes back and, um, it's going to be very interesting to see how that picks up. You know, if you remember correctly, the end of season four, you have the mom and dad um, overseas, and then all of a sudden you have um, somebody knocking at the door, and the CIA agent was was there, and you don't know if he was he was sent there by Franklin's mom or well he was sent there just to finish the job that Franklin didn't do. With it, you know, because he was supposed to have killed his dad or whatever. So it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with that. Um, they haven't been showing too much, really, and I hate to, and which is good in a way because it's keeping the suspense. But on the previews of everything that I've seen, they really haven't been showing too much of nothing at all, which is interesting. Because I went back and looked at some of the the premiere clips, and they were showing, you know kind of a lot uh, you know not a lot but they were showing enough where you can kind of guess what happens on that upcoming season but on for some reason on this season they kind of keeping it very very suspenseful i see a couple new characters listed on there as well which should make it interesting um what else do we have and i guess that's it um and euphoria um i know it's been a lot of talk about this show and why people don't like it why people feel like is um, 
not appropriate because they're showing high school kids do things, taking drugs, having sex, you know, doing all these things that you wouldn't think these high school kids are doing. But I'm 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 here to tell you that if if you know these kids are doing things you wouldn't never expect them to do, yes, they are probably doing it. Um, this show is very eye opening as a parent. It makes you want to be more not more suspicious of your children, but be more invested in their lives on what's going on. You know, a lot of these parents on this show is um I guess you could say absent. You know, they're they're there but not there. They're not invested in the in the in the in the child's life. Um like with um Zendaya who's um who's playing the character as a rule as a as a pill head as of last well the first season she was a, a big time pill head and this this season she's gone to uh harder drugs which is heroin and a couple of other things but her sister is more concerned about her than her mom is if you you really you really sit and think about it you know her sister is keeping a lot of secrets and and asking her you know different questions and this and that that you think a mom would and her sister is younger than her um you have another you have um another character whose name is Cat who is um she has a boyfriend, but she's not happy with him because he makes her too happy. You know, these are a lot of things that people really do go through, and that's why that's what makes the show interesting. And I think really everybody needs to check it out. I wouldn't advise you let your children watch it because I know a lot of – I read something where a lot of children were watching the first season, but this season I don't think you should be letting your children watch this season. Um, I know that before this season even started that they – I think a lot of the producers and some of the the actors put out um statements saying that this this show is not for children at all like this season especially. So um but yeah, it's a great show, you know. Um it's just saying, you know, you need to be in, not just there, but be involved in your child's life, figuring out what's going on at school, this and that. Um which I know is kind of hard, but um this show is very eye-opening on so many different levels and shout out to the, the, the producers and, you know, um, the directors of that show. I know a lot of people don't like the fact that they are displaying children in a sexual way, but a lot of children out there are sexually active, you know? Um, but before we get to today's show, I believe that's it. Um, let's go ahead and get into today's show, which is going to be, Boondocks, like I said earlier, Boondocks Season 1, Episode 9. Um, it's going to be titled Return of the King. For the young kids out there that don't know, um, or for some of the adults that don't know what the Boondocks is, I'm going to give you a little uh, backstory on it. Um, basically, the Boondocks is a sitcom that came on on um, Cartoon Network, but it was... Because of its rating, it was it only came on um, uh, Adult Swim, and when it being on Adult Swim, it came on late night. So I believe what, um, what I think Adult Swim started what eleven o'clock, something like that, ten eleven o'clock. Um, but it is a sitcom, uh, animated sitcom, 
Um, one of the it was created by a guy named Anthony McGruder, and um, some of the stars, well, the voices, I should say, anyway, of the characters. You have uh, the uh, Regina King, and um, I, before we continue, I do want to say that uh, R.I.P. to her son. Um, yeah, it's just crazy to to think what happened. Um, but anyways, um, Regina King, who plays the voice of Huey and Riley, and for people that do know the show, and for the people that don't know the show, who, who Huey and Riley are, um, basically Huey was the 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 older one, and he was the I guess you could say the 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 more logical one, the one that thought things through a little bit better, and Riley was the gangster. He was the younger, the younger one, the younger brother, and she played the bo- the voice of of both of them, which was which I thought was dope. Um, also, you have um, Gary Anthony Williams. He played the voice of um, I believe it was Uncle Uncle Ruckus. Yes, Uncle Ruckus, um, and Uncle Ruckus was. Uh, Basically, he was, he had, first off, he was a, he was raised by a, a mom who believed in, in white people, who believed everything that white people said was true. He She praised white people. So, of course, um, him growing up with his mom, um, he felt the same way as he got older. He believed in everything the white people, he, he praised the white people felt like they were doing nothing they did no harm to the community or nothing like that you know um and before i go on and i want to um say that uncle ruckus um he had a well on the the cartoon he had a um i guess you can say a sickness or what he what we thought was a sickness is um called reverse uh vitiligo um, for the young people that don't know what vitiligo is, um, it is a condition that Michael Jackson had where the you get spots, white spots on you. Light spots, I should say. Now, on the show, Uncle Ruckus said that his spots would turn darker and he wanted to be a white person. So basically, you have a black person wanting to be a white person. Um and they used to clown him on the show about that. And actually, I believe they were, at one point, they were trying to do a spinoff with Uncle Ruckus and um, make a, a spinoff on him, uh, do a whole movie on him, or do, I don't know if it was a movie or a show, one of them. But it ended up not happening. Uh, it didn't get picked up by HBO, if I'm not mistaken. Um, one of the other things... The other characters was the great uh, late John Weatherspoon, which he played. He was the voice of the uh, granddad. And granddad, he was the um, the the guardians of Huey and Riley, basically. Um, but to give a little background on the show, on what they did, what they some of the things they, they talked about or whatever, um basically what they did was um what they did with this show was they talked about 
um, things in the world that was happening in the world, they put it in a in a in a way that um, things that that way that white people would understand or any other race would understand. You know, black people, us, we understand it, but they put it out there so that um, white people would understand it. Um, I believe they had episodes on here with uh, R. Kelly. They had an R. Kelly episode. They had a um a nine eleven episode. Um they had a, a they had they had a, a lot of great episodes and I believe they shot almost what five five or six seasons of the, the show as well. I believe at one point I was hearing something about them doing a reboot before um John Witherspoon had passed. But today I'm gonna to talk specifically about Season one, episode nine, which is Return of the King. And basically um, rewatching this since I haven't watched this show in so long. I went back and watched it a couple times. The show starts off with um, basically them showing the recap of what happened to Martin Luther King. With. Him being shot in Memphis, Tennessee at the Lorraine Motel. And um, he is then in a coma for 32, for 34, for 32 years. Um, with him being in a coma for 32 years, um, of course, we all know that Martin Luther King died after that. But on this particular episode, they made it seem like he was um, injured real bad, shot, of course. Um, but he wakes up in a coma for thir- after 30, um, 32 years. Um, and this is after 9-11, so they're making it seem like he wakes he wakes up around, what, two th- in the 2000s somewhere. Yeah, so they said he wakes up in, what, Memphis in 2000, and they put it all over the newspaper. Um, you know, guess who's back? And they show him walking out of the hospital, and then... They have um, reporters, uh, camera crew, a whole bunch of people out in the front. And they're saying, um, uh, what they say? Um, Guess who's back? Um, Something else they said. Uh, It'll come to me. But basically, he's he's out and um, they're already shooting. You know, I... It's 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 people trying to shoot him, but the the funny thing is about this episode is that he's doing like a little um, I guess you can say a world uh, a world tour where he's going to award shows. They're giving him um, bio biopics biopics, and then um, he goes to a award show and they um, they give him some award. And he don't know how to basically he doesn't know how to act in in this time, in this in this new time. You know, it's two thousand, you gotta think that he's been in a coma for thirty something years and he's promoting um a movie which is supposed to be um his biopic and it's called King and supposedly Cuba Gooden Jr. is playing him in this in this movie. You know, so he's doing like a world tour, you know, going around different states to state, city to city, promoting this, promoting this, um, this movie. 
And it's just weird to him because he's um, – things have changed, you know, a lot since he – you know, the last time that he was alive or was doing things. And he does a um, – he does a interview with um, Fox News, supposedly. You know, that's what they're saying anyway. He does an interview with, with Fox News. And um, what, what, um, he does an interview with, with Fox News and he doesn't believe the things that are happening um during the nine, after the 911 attacks and they call him um a pacifist you know they're saying that he's very passive he's a he's a pacifist now um he's unpatriotic he's um he's unpatriotic and you know they 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 basically you know people are turning their back on him so he has a book signing um and Huey and granddad they show up to the book signing and um come to find out um his granddad which is played by the voice of John Witherspoon and Martin Luther King end up knowing each other and um they start reminiscing and and um invite him over for uh dinner and you know they start uh having conversations and about a couple things that's happened and and all of a sudden, you know, um, they're walking to the uh, car, leaving the building, the book signing, and then Uncle Ruckus comes and try attempts to throw a brick at um, Martin Luther King. Um, one of the things that I thought was interesting during this part was that, remember I said Uncle Ruckus is a black man wanting to be, um, black man wanting to be white. So... He throws a brick and then he goes up to him and talks mess to him and uh, cusses him out, basically. And I don't want to, you know, say, you know, all the things he was saying, but I want y'all to go back and look at this episode. You know, it's Black History Month. And I said I was going to give y'all some some great things for for um, for Black History Month. And I do still have the the little mini series of my unsung heroes coming out Um I'm actually going to do two episodes this week. So be looking out for that as well. But basically, um, he starts to, um, Uncle Ruggers throw, uh, throws a brick, tries to attempts to throw a brick at him. He then remembers um, during one of his speeches a long time ago, Uncle Ruggers threw a, a brick at him then. And the the they end up talking and, you know, one of the things that that that's, that stood out during this this scene was that there's many people out there in the world that have these beliefs about um these black leaders this and that and they feel a certain way about them you know they won't say it to them but they do feel a certain way about them that at at times it can be a little a little, um, I guess you can say a, a little sketchy until you actually sit down and, and talk about the things that are going on or the things, because you, you know with this type of stuff, it's all he say, she say. It's never, you're never going to get a straight answer, basically. And I hate to say that because 
the 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 source is going to the the source that it came from is going to before it gets to you it didn't got twisted up a hundred different times already, which is sad because it's never going to be told the exactly exact same way that it should have been told. Anyways, they go to dinner. They're sitting at a dinner table back at their home, and Uncle Ruckus, Huey, Riley, Granddad, Martin Luther King. They're all sitting at um, the dinner table at their house at, you know, they're at, he's, he's basically at their house and they're eating dinner. And then granddad begins to tell the story about um, him and Rosa Parks sitting on the bus. And basically what happens is he's making it, he's telling them a story about, about how he's the one that, that, um, that that forced that forced them to pull over the the bus and um he got basically he got Rosa Parks arrested um it should have been him and this and that type of stuff so he's after he finished telling that story you know they go back to sit down at the room i mean they go back and watch TV and Martin Luther King is flip, flipping through the channels and he's watching all these these news things that that's on TV and he starts to, you know, he's, he's really in different time and it's really scaring him now. Um, <laughs> you know, it's scaring him a lot because, you know, during his time, it was a totally different world. You didn't have social media. I mean, well, news like that. You didn't have this, um, the social media stuff. I don't even know if they would have social media then, but it was just a lot of news outlets um now compared to then and it was kind of scaring him a little bit making him second think himself and remember he's under a lot of scrutiny because he already believe he don't believe that the uh the 911 was real this and that he believes that you know it was a bunch of bull so he um he sits down with Huey and and basically tells him that you know he don't want to do this no more, and the whole time he's doing this while him and Huey are out riding around, um visiting places, Uncle Ruckers is still trying to trying to hit 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 Dr. Martin Luther King with the brick, <laughs> um, which is funny because you know like I said he don't know nothing about he don't know about nothing that's going on all he know he want to hit him with the brick. Um, but anyways, they go sit down with a reporter and Huey's, Huey's goal is to get him to be how he was, um, before he got shot or, you know, in that, in that type of sense, he wants him to be, he wants him to lead the, um, the black people, um, give them something to hope for. And basically Martin Luther King don't know how to do it in this era. You know, he don't he don't know how to move around in this era. Um, and basically, Huey is trying to trying to show him different things, taking him around different places, taking him to these meetings, taking him to a lot of the um, the the parties and things like that to to get him to, you know, a, a feel of this era and hopefully get him to change his mind. So the next spot they go to, like I said, they were talking to a reporter. A reporter was getting disrespectful, so Huey whooped his ass. <laughs> um, 
basically they go back to like I guess you can say the headquarters um or his office I guess you can say and they discuss start putting up these flyers um for a uh, a party and at this party it's a whole bunch of um first off they get up to the party they get up to the front door and they can't, they won't they won't let them in they tell them that they need um what did he tell them they needed they needed something they needed uh needed to pay or needed a wristband one of them and Huey gets pissed off the top off of rip you know who I got with me um you know who who he is and you're going to act like this and not let me in so after they finally get in um they're trying to go to the they walk in and you see it's like a club basically um you see a whole bunch you hear music loud music you hear you see people dancing and they are um fighting in there um it's like a um you know it's just a lot of things going on and it becomes overwhelming for uh Martin Luther King they drinking in there and Huey's goal is to get um Dr. King to deliver a speech up there and to me, this is one of the, the the standouts of the episode. So if if you if you remember correctly, and um, during this time that this happened, I'll get into that later. Let me finish the episode. Um, but like it was a it was just a lot going on, and Huey and them tried to get backstage, but the bodyguard, same bodyguard that stopped them at the front door, stopped them inside and stopped them. Uh, from getting access to the the part where he can go onto the podium, told him that they needed a wristband. And so something, I guess it was a big old fight break broke out, and uh, the bodyguard left, and they snuck in, and um, they got Dr. King on the stage finally. And I'm gonna play, I'm gonna play a clip of this speech, um, just because. I think it might be a little bit good for y'all to hear, but I'm going to play a little bit clip of the speech uh, from this episode. I'm not going to play it all, but I'm going to play a little clip of it. Excuse me, brothers and sisters, please. If someone just turn off. King looked out on his people and saw they were in great need. So he did what all great leaders do. He told them the truth. Will you ignorant niggas please shut the hell up? <gasps> he just said what I think he said. Is this it? This is what I got all. So I'm gonna finish. I'm gonna read the rest of it, but I just wanted y'all to hear that part. Um, so basically, he was saying, um, "Is this it? This is what I got all those ass whoopings for." I had a dream once. It was a dream that a little that little black boys and little black girls would drink from the river of prosperity, free from the thirst of oppression. But lo and behold, some four decades later, what have I found but a bunch of trifling, shiftless, good-for-nothing niggas? And I know some of you don't want to hear me say that word. It's the ugliest word in the English language, but that's what I see now, niggas. So... That was one of the 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 most um this was this was talked about a lot during this time. 
if if a lot of people remember correctly, and it was they received a lot of backlash from this particular episode because of this um, speech. Um, I'm not gonna play the whole speech. If y'all want to listen to it, y'all can um, go do that. But I'm not going to play it all. But basically, after that, he says his speech. Um, Huey tells him. Huey tells him that he's proud of him. Um, and um, he felt. He felt. Um, he felt. What did he say? He felt. He felt like he needed like this, like that needed to happen, and people needed to hear this. So. Which brings me back to the question was, I believe this particular episode wasn't made for black people. It was made for white people to hear what what goes on or how some black people think. You know, when you when you when you talk about that, it's a very sketchy role and some black people only think one way. And they really need to open their eyes and see it from um every different angle if possible but i'm not gonna get into that i'm just here to talk about the episode um but at that time um i believed our only outlets as a black person we only had shit, probably bet um and at that time that was the only thing that um black people could watch really um as far as you know the the our, our media outlets anyway um we had magazines of course but as far as media outlets on tv that was the only thing that was really important and really um the only thing that was able to catch some people's eyes anyway um but basically the end of the episode to end the episode off um the um, let me see what what happened at the end of the, yeah at the end of the episode um you see uh like a front of a newspaper a new uh newspaper and it has November 2020 on there and it shows um Dr. King has died in Vancouver uh British Columbia at the age of uh, 91 and Oprah Winfrey has been elected president of the United States and um at the end Huey says um it's fun to dream now i want to ask a couple questions about these things um before we end before i um go on to a couple of other things the first thing i want to say is like what would the world be like if um dr king was still alive today you know or malcolm x or you know, these great leaders, what would the world be like? You know, um, it's something to think about. Would they be able to adapt through the times that we are in today? Um, another thing that that really caught my eye was the Oprah Winfrey um, elected the president in 2020. Now, we're past 2020. Um, I don't see Oprah going for president anymore um if she did it i believe she would have did it a long time ago i don't see her going for that anymore um but hey it's 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 fun to throw the what ifs out there you know um another thing that 
I want us to talk about was some of the, the scrutiny that I was reading as I was doing research for this episode. You had um, a couple um, leaders like uh, Al Sharpton. He criticized the show for having Martin Luther King say the N-word. Um, I think they were being a little harsh, but the way that the episode turned out, I, I, I loved it. You know, it's to open the eyes of other people, you know. Um, I don't think they, as far as, I look at it as, you know, they, they have an old school mentality. I think that's what it is, that old school mentality, not growing with times. You know, sometimes you got to be creative in a, in a way that you don't know if it's going to work or not. And, and some of the time it, it might not work until, you know, it. you never knew it worked, basically, you know. Um, but I felt like this this particular episode, The Return of the King, was a great episode. Um, the 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 blackness some of the things that 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 the similes that you see in 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 the in the episode about how uncle ruckus is basically following them around trying to get them to do things that um might seem like some people do in this world that's 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 very true you have people following people all the time trying to sabotage their life because of because of what they think they feel or how they feel or because of the color of their skin. I mean, hey, you feel how you want. Um, Before we go any further, I believe that's about it on this episode of The Boondocks. And like I said, this was now this is on HBO Max. If y'all want to go back and look at it, they have all their seasons on HBO Max. Um. Anything else before we get up out of here? Um, I want to appreciate everybody that's been tuning in. Make sure y'all subscribe on wherever you listen to podcasts at. I'm working on the videos for this as well, but I do feel like this is one of the, the these next couple episodes are going to probably be the best episodes, um, starting with this one. Because I feel like it's Black History Month and I want to bring some awareness to some of these black shows that don't get talked about as much. Um, I don't know what episode I'm going to do next week. Um, but if you follow Extraordinary Gentleman Podcast on IG, I, I put up hints basically on what episode I'm going to talk about or who I'm going to talk about. So by the middle of the week or Friday or Saturday, I usually put up you know, what's going to, what I'm going to be talking about. I won't put exactly what I'm going to be talking about. You'll just see a picture of something and you'll, you can assume I'll let you wonder what I'm going to be talking about. Um, anything else before I get up out of here? Let me check my notes real quick. Like I said, this episode was, was a great episode and they also have a lot of other great episodes, but I just chose this one. I know um, the R. Kelly episode was was talked about a lot um, from the boondocks that they did, but I'll talk about that another time. Um, also, I want y'all to remember that this came out in the two what two thousand five, two thousand six, or something like that, and this was during the time that Bush was in um, 
office. So um, that's another thing I want y'all to think about. You know, this this was for the the Bush administration as well to sit up there and and look at it and see how it makes you feel. Um, and I think I said this already, but one of the other things is as a boondocks watcher now, back then, I felt like I wasn't the target audience, if that makes sense. I felt like, yeah, it, it brought awareness, awareness to some of the things in the black community that were going on, but also... I felt like it was more for the white people um, because they wanted them to see how it is to be a black person or a black kid. I don't believe, and I I don't know, but a lot of black kids probably didn't watch Boondocks. And I could be wrong, but I don't think too many kids, black kids watched Boondocks. Um, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Hey, I'll admit it, but... Um, I believe it was for a different audience. I guess I guess their target their target audience was the white people, the white kids, this and that. Um, just because they wanted them to see, because we already knew how we were, what we were living and what we were going through, and the things that were being said in our communities and stuff. They just wanted they opened up the eyes to what other people should see as well, which I thought was a great idea, great creating. Um, on that note. Um, let's get on up out of here and I will see y'all next week for another episode of Benny Sources. And I think starting next week too, I'm gonna start talking more about, um, like how I did today with the TV shows. I'm gonna also put my music in there, drop some, start talking about the new music as well. Y'all give me some time to figure out a, a, a format. And like I said, on the very first episode, it's going to take a while, but once I get it figured out, it's going to be, it's going to be great. Um, on that note, um, I appreciate everyone for subscribing and listening, the feedback. Um, happy Black History Month, and y'all stay tuned, and we are out of here. <laughs>